You're listening to the number one podcast for Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County. This is OB Pod. On deck for today, guys, we've got a very special episode, but of course, we're going to have our normal stuff, and that is our local news, some dad jokes. We're going to put some random facts and stories you likely didn't know, as well as the big part of our episode, two giant interviews with both sheriff-elect candidates. Both of them. Michael Lee and Thomas Tuggle have joined the podcast, and let me tell you, both of them talk about 15, 16 minutes, and... I don't know where I stand, man. It is impressive to listen to both these guys. Don't give it away yet. Don't oh, give it I'm away. I'm not. I'm. I put it this way. I didn't hear. I didn't hear negatives or nothing like that. I think anybody who listens to this episode is going to be really impressed with what they see. I think you'll learn a lot about what uh, is going on in our county from these gentlemen and what they are focused on and what they are prioritized and what their ideas are for moving forward. And so, uh, I'm really excited for everybody to get to listen to these interviews and stuff. I think it's going to be great. But other than that, T, how's your week been, man? Man, it's been real busy. Uh, You know, the school district I work in, we got kids registering all the time. You know, we went to an online registration this year, and it was new for us you know as as school personnel as well as the uh parents and students as well but uh boy we've we've got almost uh, a little less i'd say about 25 percent of our schools still is not registered yeah well it's just like we said in the news for the last couple yeah. of weeks you know and we'll yeah, probably we'll say it again today is yeah. just uh you know get your kids registered yeah <laughs> it's important just man. that easy you know nobody just, else is going to do it for you so you're going to no. have to do it yourself so no you're right man otherwise it's been a great week what about you dude man uh just gearing up for us you know we start uh with teachers on tuesday you know as a school administrator yeah. over center hill you know i'm excited to see our staff back we got uh seven or eight new faces great hires i think the school is uh you know propelling upward um right. you know it, it's looking really really good uh they got new artwork on the wall. We've made some new changes. If you're a Center Hill listener, they're changing the traffic. They're going to put the buses up front permanently now, and the car riders are going around the side on the loop, and that loop is now one way. And wow, so that's okay. some big changes. Big change. And so if you yeah. are a Center Hill listener, um, I hope you're checking Twitter, your email, and everything else because they're making some big changes. I know Olive Branch is excited about theirs, and I know it's Lewisburg. They're about yeah. to unveil their new brand new turf field wow um, good for them so that'd be a big deal uh so a lot of stuff good going on for our schools around here and everything else so i'm excited about it but uh you know what we that, may need to do what we may need to do is remind people next week about that change at center hill mm-hmm. and if anybody else is listening in the other schools in desoto county if they have some you know changes that they want the public to know you know shoot us an email let us, Absolutely. Let us know we'll be glad to help you out that's right the ob podcast at gmail.com well, T, before we go anywhere, man, you know, we got to talk about our good friend, Brian Couch. Brian man. Couch. Man, guys, if you are in the market to buy or sell any real estate in DeSoto County, especially the Olive Branch area, please Even look a up- shed. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you got a shed for sale, Brian will tell you what it's worth and what you should be able to get for it. I mean, uh, he's just that good. He is. He is. Him and his team are fantastic. Teamcouch.com is the website to go check out. It's an impressive website, and it'll detail all the stuff they have, the full team, why they're number one in the district, voted that way numerous times. Uh, just a great company. Here, I'll let Brian see a few words to wrap it up. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. This is Brian Couch with Team Couch at Birch Realty Group. The market is really starting to heat up for this summer, and I would love to talk to you individually at any time about your personal house. You can reach me at my office at 662-449-1700 or call me anytime on my cell at 901-461-7653. Thanks. I look forward to talking with you. Tell you what's our weather looking like for this week, brother. Dude, what do you think it's going to look like? It's going to be hot all week, brother. Well, Looks I was like melting two- yesterday, so I'm sure oh, it's just continuing. Oh, I know. I know. Absolutely. It's going to be in, in the 90s all week. Maybe, maybe a, a reprieve from the 90s on Tuesday. It's going to be cloudy on Tuesday. High is around 85 or so. Uh, but by Thursday, it's going to be uh, pushing 100 degrees all week long. Anywhere from 20 to 30% chance of an afternoon uh, thunder shower. It's, uh, it's going to start a, a, a first full week of August as it should. Man, do you did you hear about the new state mandate on heat index for schools? Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a little bit of news early and during the weather section. Under the state guidelines, if the heat index is 105 or higher, That's school right. athletics cannot participate or practice outside. That That's is right. a big, big change in the state. That was a recommendation last year. Now they are right. mandating it. So parents be prepared you could have some football practices or soccer practices or baseball practices that are moved to the late evening to be able to right. accommodate with the temperature changes so just, um, yeah, flexibility just be aware for safety 
flexibility yep. for safety. Absolutely. Hi right, guys, it's time for our local news. Of course, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Michael Hatcher and Associates. Guys, if you're in the market for a new job or career, please go check out HatcherLandscape.com. Several jobs available along with at Hatcher Landscape, but also Master Lawn, which is their spray division, looking for qualified people as well as unqualified that they will train up best benefits, best pay, and a team atmosphere. This is what you wanted to go check out. Seriously, go to HatcherLandscape.com and see if they can change your world today career-wise. Tell you what we're looking like for our news, brother. Well, I've got a, f- a few reminders and some new announcements. Uh, just a reminder that if you live in the area that was annexed back in 2021, your garbage and recycling will change uh, on October 1st from Waste Pro to Waste Connections. All billing for garbage and recycling will come from the City Utilities Department. Now, listen, if you've already are receiving services from the city, your water, your sewer, your gas. You don't have to fill out a new application. Uh, Your services will be consolidated on your billing. However, if you're a new customer or you need to make changes to your service, make sure and call the utilities department at 662-892-9305. Moving on, the city of Olive Branch says you're invited to help us celebrate the universal birthday of shelter dogs at the olive branch animal shelter come meet the current residents that are up for adoption and celebrate their birthday during operating hours from 8 a.m to 5 p.m this coming tuesday august 1st all the dogs that are adopted during tuesday's event will receive a complimentary birthday treat bag courtesy of in-kind donations from individuals hollywood feed and pet suites of Olive Branch. That's, That's a awesome. good deal. That's yeah. awesome, man. That's yeah, fantastic. go get you, go get you a pet. Everyone needs a pet. If you got two or three, go ahead and make it four, four or five. Who, who you know? <laughs> what a salesman! What's you another are. one, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, moving on. As this episode is geared towards a big election, with the interviews we got coming up, we want to make sure to remind you that the deadline to deadline to vote absentee, but doing so in person is nearing the deadline is this coming saturday august the 5th at noon you can vote absentee but in person at the desoto county courthouse on the first floor the address is 2535 highway 51 south in hernando you got to go to hernando to do so uh the hours to do so uh monday through friday this this week will be from 8 a.m to 5 p.m and this saturday yes saturday august the 5th which is the last day you got to get there between 8 a.m. and noon. If you missed a deadline on Saturday, you will not be able to vote absentee in person. That's exactly right. You're out of luck, brother. You're out of luck. Well, guys, if you own a home that needs repair, it's outdated, or golly, it's just bad, just want to get rid of it, whatever the reason may be, and you're just tired of it. Even if it's a run-down shed. Oh, yeah. Bad. Bad shed. Long as livable. You know, whatever. Um, There is a company right here local called Robin Properties that runs this amazing website saying, ibuydesoto.com, and they want to hear from you. They want to buy this property for a fair, honest price. Get it off your hands. They're going to rehab it, flip it, or turn it into a rental property that actually helps our community. There's not one of those people who turns it into a dump and you get bad people moving in. They actually screen their people, and it's a great company that actually helps us in this area that's local um here i'll let one of the owners tell you more about it thanks guys this is spence with rodman properties if you have a house property or rental property that has tenants that you're tired of call us we're here to give you a fair offer and sell it to someone local reach out to us on our website at ibuydesoto.com or call us at 662-469-6365 we would love to talk with you all right, moving on in the news, don't forget there's a board of aldermen meeting tomorrow night, August the 1st, at the courthouse located at 6900 Highland Street. Uh, this is a regularly scheduled mayor and board of aldermen meeting, and those meetings are open to the public, so make sure to get over there. And like we talked about before, you know, at the beginning of the program, parents, if you've not already registered your students for school, you got to get it done. It's a lot easier when school's not in session, and it can be done completely online. You need to update all your your info, your address, your names, your dates, and whatnot, and well, as provide as well as provide two proofs of residency. 
Okay. Please don't give the the workers at the schools any hard time about not having your proper documents. This is mandated by the state of Mississippi. It has nothing to do with the Soda County schools. They just got to follow up and do what's right. But all this stuff can be up, uploaded online. Just make sure that it's a current month bill if you're using one of those as your proof of residency. Don't right. bring anything back from, you know, from uh, April or February of this year. It needs to be at least within the uh, last 45 days. That's correct. And, guys, look, if your student doesn't have this taken care of, they're going to be sitting in a cafeteria or a gym waiting you on a schedule <laughs> and bored to tears, and it's not a good look. And you don't do that to your kids. You know what I mean? No. So find a time for the next three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before school starts. If you need help, you can call up there. They will guide you. They want sure. they want you to come and get it done. So, seriously, get that taken care of. Guys, that's it for our news. Just a quick reminder, if you'd like to advertise or join the podcast in any way, send us information, whatever please email us at theobpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We respond to messages there as well. All right, guys, it's time for those dad jokes. Of course, this is brought to you yeah. by our good friend, Allie Edgley. That is of Alpha Insurance, the ace agency of all the branch. Guys, if you're interested in saving money, getting better coverage, and actually having expert personal care, a guy will actually answer the phone, answer text messages, and help you out. This is the guy. Saved me lots of money. Can't wait for you to meet him because you need to get a quote from him today. Here, I'll let Allie say a few more words. Thanks, Zach. This is Allie over at Alpha Insurance. I bet that if you have not gotten a quote in a while, you're probably paying too much for insurance. Please give me a call. I bet you that we can save you a little bit of money, give you some better coverage. 662-893-0928 is the office line. My personal cell phone, 843-324-0930. Would love to help you out. Give me a call. All right, T, you ready for some dad jokes, yes, sir? <laughs> I could use a good laugh. <laughs> All right, let's hope we don't get canceled on a few of these. There we go. <laughs> what did the one sagging boob say to the other sagging boob? <laughs> oh, gosh. How <laughs> <laughs> about a lift? <laughs> if we don't get some support soon, people are going to think we're nuts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I really appreciate that. See, why don't Mexicans cross the border in groups of three? Oh, no. I'm not touching this with your hands. Go ahead. <laughs> because there's no trespassing. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Gee, oh. God. Where do you find these things, man? I swear, man. <laughs> oh. T, did you hear they oh. made a new Afghan Barbie? Really? Okay. Yeah. It's a blow-up doll. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> it, T, it I hurt my, next week. <laughs> T, I hurt myself the other day tripping over my wife's bra. No. no. Man, yeah. Oh, gosh. I think it was a booby trap, man. It was terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh that's pitiful. <laughs> oh. You better hope she didn't listen this week. <laughs> Last one, T. Doc told me I'm going deaf. <laughs> Gotta tell oh, you, yeah? man, it was real hard for me to hear. Oh, oh no. God. Pitiful. Love oh, it, yeah. Pitiful. <laughs> well, as always, guys, we hope you enjoyed our little segment of Dad Jokes to give you a little humor and humility to our show. As always, make sure you tell your friends, your family, your coworkers about the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And if you have a few seconds to give us a five-star review on iTunes, it really goes a long way to help our podcast. All right, now it's time for Random Facts Stories You Likely Didn't Know. This week brought to you by A-Plus Heating and Air Conditioning Service. Hey, if you're having trouble with your HVAC system or in need of new equipment, or you just want to make sure that your equipment is properly serviced, maintained, taken care of, so you can avoid any any kind of costly issues down the road. Tim and his family-run business are the ones to call. They are experts in craftsmanship, customer service, to ensure your overall experience is one that you will want to go and tell all your friends about. Day or night, don't hesitate to give them a call. They want to make sure that you're taken care of when you are in need. You can reach A-plus during uh, normal business hours at 662-626-7287 
or call Tim's personal cell at 901-496-7867. They'll take real good care of you. All right, Zach, did you know a study found that men evolved bushy beards to soften the impact of punches and protect their jaws? Having a beard absorbed 37% more energy from a punch compared to a shaved face. How about that? Well, here, you know, uh, a lot of things in genetics, when, when, when organisms evolve, it's because they're going through tough situations and their body adapts. Mm-hmm. So if men evolved into growing bushy beards to in- soften the impact of punches, they must have been just literally beating the hell out of each other all the I'm time every you, day. Man. I'm telling you. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's impressive. Whatever. Well, I guess when you can't speak, you got you to gotta communicate some other way back in the old days. Moving on. Did mm. you know there's a cemetery in the Netherlands consisting of 8,300 U.S. veterans who died in World War II? For the past 70 years, Dutch families have come to the cemetery every Sunday to care for a grave they adopted. And hundreds of people are currently on a waiting list to become caretakers. That's cool, man. That's that's really yeah. cool. You know, that's not yeah. something you'd ever think about, but that's really cool. Yeah. Well, that's one way, one way of giving back, and I think that's a great way of doing so as well. Last one here. Did you know, this is interesting, the owner of Macy's died on the Titanic. He refused to get in a lifeboat before women and children, and his wife refused to leave without him. She said that she would not be separated from her husband that they have as they have lived together they will die together as well they were last seen standing on the deck arm in arm that's cool that's yeah that's, they care that's about devotion. one another i mean don't get me wrong it's, it's a sad right. situation but that's that's devotion to your love and that's right. uh that's and, pretty and cool just, man yeah and just for clarity's sake it's not the co- current owner of macy's no. <laughs> this was no. the Titanic, so I'm sure it was probably the first owner of Macy's. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want anybody getting confused about anything. No, no, we didn't want that. remember everything we said, but we said it all. You told me that you wish I was somebody you never met. But baby, baby, something's telling me this ain't over yet. No way it was I last. All right, guys, it's that time you've been waiting for. This Our special guests are joining our podcast. We're going to enjoy Michael Lee and Thomas Tuggle. Both of these guys are running um, to run for sheriff. They seem to be the front runners, and I was blessed enough to be able to speak to both of them, get them to go on to the podcast and do an interview. Uh, we're going to go right back to back. Michael Lee will go first, and then Thomas Tuggle. I've asked both gentlemen very similar questions so that you can get an honest and fair comparison between the two gentlemen. Uh, I think you're going to be very delighted to hear what they have to say and i think if these guys are what we're choosing between we have a bright future ahead of us here in desoto county and so i can't wait for you to hear it so uh without further ado let's go to this audio now hey guys and gals i'm very excited today i have a special guest mr michael lee that is one of our supervisors here for desoto county who is running for sheriff michael how are we doing today brother Man, I'm doing great. How about you guys? Man, I'm, I'm doing great. That, we're fine. <laughs> Man, I'm doing great. I really appreciate you joining the podcast. I know you're busy. I know this election is uh, right around the corner, and uh, you know things are getting hot and heavy. Um, but you know, um, my listeners were excited to find out that you'd be joining the pod. They want to find out more about you, hear about you, and get all these things. And you know, and so like anything, they don't want to hear me ramble. They want to hear from the guest. And so Absolutely. I want to go into three or four questions right off the bat. And man, just tell the voter what it means. And so everybody course wants to know who is michael lee what's what's your background and qualifications for running for sheriff well there you go well, let me tell you a little bit about my history as far as my life i'm born and raised in desoto county uh went to hernando high school grew up in hernando high uh in the hernando high school area hernando uh been in desoto county uh forever uh my background you know uh small business owner uh started a business in hernando early in life I'm a, I'm a barber i think a lot of people have kind of put a lot of that on social media which uh i'm proud to be a barber my daddy was a barber but that's what started my career in law enforcement i was cutting the sheriff's hair earlier in the years back in the in the mid 80s uh james albert who was the sheriff then riley and uh one day he asked me he said you need to come work for me and be a, a an investigator so um that was back in 86 i actually worked as a reserve for the sheriff's department 86 87 
went full-time in 88, went to the academy in 89, Mississippi Law Enforcement Officer Training Academy, graduated top of my class, came out, and uh, thought I was going to be an investigator and went straight patrol. <laughs> Stuck down Eudora, Mississippi. Wow. But uh, that's where I needed to be. I needed to be on patrol and learn because the Law Enforcement Academy at the, and the training and the instruction down there is basic law enforcement. And you know, like anything, you know, until you get in the real world, you know, on-the-job training uh, is where it is, common sense, and uh, worked my way up uh, from the Sheriff's Department to uh, uh, Sergeant, uh, Lieutenant, uh, Captain, Commander. Uh, at one point, I was Commander of Metro Narcotics. I have been uh, Chief Investigator. I have been Homicide Investigator, uh, basic investigations because uh, we don't have the uh, uh, homicides uh, in DeSoto County, although I've worked quite a few in DeSoto County, but you had to work both. You had to work, you know, who stole my bicycle, who stole my tools, and then you had to, you know, come in and work the homicides. So I've had the homicide training, advanced, uh, criminal investigation training, uh, and I've also had the privilege to be uh, the county jail administrator. So I have overseen the operation, the day-to-day operation of the Soda County Jail, and then became the assistant chief under James Albert. So uh, that's my background in law enforcement. Been there and done that, and uh, it's all been right here in Soda County. Uh, I did have a stint in Tunica just for a second. Uh, I was chief investigator down there and then moved back up to DeSoto County and went to work back in DeSoto County. Gotcha. Uh, That's awesome. Went to Hernando PD for a little while. There you go. But it's always been in law enforcement right here in uh, the county, which is where I live. I hear you, man. That's awesome. Well, you know, obviously you definitely have law enforcement background, but, you know, being the sheriff is quite a chore. So what is your internal motivation for seeking this position? Well, you know, and I'm going to say this, you know, I, I actually, and you may not know it, and our viewers may not know it, but I ran for sheriff back in 03. Uh, uh, James Albert decided that he wasn't going to run for sheriff and told me that, you know, this is the time that I could run for sheriff. And, of course, I jumped and took the opportunity. And at the same time, uh, also Jim Harris, who was the uh, Olive Branch police chief at the time, he uh, threw his hat into the ring. So uh, in 03, I ran for sheriff, and we didn't win, obviously. <laughs> We came close, and it was a good run, but I, I learned something. I learned that uh, I didn't need to be sheriff back then. You know, uh, there was a lot of things that I have learned since, you know, uh, and especially, and you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm a county 5th district supervisor. This is my ninth year as a county supervisor and uh, the business side of it. So everything that I have done, and, and, and we use the word, it makes me uniquely qualified because I deal with the day-to-day, one-fifth of the day-to-day uh, budget and operation of the county. There's five supervisors, and I am in the largest district, the fifth district, which is the Lewisburg district. You know, I even go up to Olive Branch and go to Tate County, Marshall County, borderline, uh, and then in Hernando, that area. Uh, right now in my district, I represent about a little over 43,000 people. So uh, with the budget in, the budget of the county is about a little over $350 million. Your sheriff's department budget, when I started as a supervisor, was around $19 million. Today, your sheriff's department budget is a little over $33 million. And wow. uh, it's a little bit more in that when you add your grants and everything to it. That's so awesome. uh, with that being said, uh, that kind of gives you an idea of my motivation when Bill Rasco said that he wasn't going to run for sheriff anymore. My head popped up. We were actually in a board meeting, and my head popped up, and it was kind of like God said, hey, it's time. This is your time. Uh, the things that I've done with the board, the budget, which, by the way, we're fixing to get ready to go back into another budget year in October. Uh, I felt like this was the right time for me, and, and uh, so here I am. Awesome. I threw my hat in the ring. I threw my hat in the ring in 2021. It'll be two years in August. I threw it in August of 2021. We started our campaign. We started our fundraiser. Um, and we haven't let up since. And so in August the 8th, we, we're, we're hitting pretty close to two years since I started this campaign. Wow, that's impressive. That's impressive. I know, right? <laughs> so, Mike, uh, the next thing people want to know is is that what is going on in DeSoto County? What is the most pressing issues that you feel like as a possible incoming sheriff um, that we'll have to address? Well, you know, I don't, and, and you don't have to take this from me. You can actually look it up. You know, crime has increased every year in DeSoto County. Uh, you're more likely to become a victim of violent crime in DeSoto County. You're more likely to become a victim of, you know, uh, robbery, armed robbery, uh, even rape. I mean, it's just, uh, you can pull the crime stat statistics up to so see what's going on. Uh, and it's obvious, you know, with the budget going up, money doesn't 
you know, solve your problems. It's it's a money issue is not the issue. Uh, we need to become more proactive uh, instead of a reactive law enforcement. We need to bring our communities back together. And if you've seen everything in the mail house, and I know you guys are getting them, I know our viewers are getting them, you know, read them. Please don't just throw them in the garbage, I mean in the trash, because, uh, you know, we put a lot into them. Uh, I lay my plan down. I have a bold agenda uh, to protect and lead DeSoto County into the future. Uh, we know about our schools. Uh, the Board of Supervisors, along with your uh, uh, school board and your superintendent in education and even the sheriff, we came together to make sure after Uvalde, Texas, that fiasco they had out there, we saw the need to make sure that we had school resource officers in every school, which, by the way, I was a school resource officer. I was one of the first school resource officers. And I also taught the drug, drug education programs in the school, just like your DARE program. Our program then was called the Beer Winter Program. And we're going to address that, and I may talk to you a little bit about it on this uh, podcast, but we don't have those programs anymore. So our drugs are a huge uh, issue in DeSoto County. Our crime's big in DeSoto County. Memphis crime coming down from DeSoto County. We need to keep that, that at bay. Let Memphis worry about Memphis crime. Uh, and let's protect what we have down here in the citizens of this county and our schools. So I'm going to say our crime issue, our drug issue, and our schools are very important to me. I understand. Let me let me expand on that a little bit. Is there anything you can think of right now that you would say, hey, when I if I'm sheriff, one of the first things I'm going to implement or something I'm going to bring to the table that is going to combat those issues? Is there Absolutely. something like that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I've talked about it, and and uh, and and if you were fortunate enough to come to our speaking, because we've had them everywhere. Uh, we've tried our best to reach out to the public and, and, and meet the needs and answer these questions. But, you know, I want to put together a perimeter patrol division, and uh, and that's a safety checkpoint, you know, on our lines, you know, on uh, Memphis with Memphis crime, you know, surging down here. You know, here's what you got to understand. You know, DeSoto County, we're, one, we're the third largest growing county in the state of Mississippi. And if you take, and you know how many, what the, you know what the population is in Soda County on the last census. It's somewhere around between 192 to 197,000 in DeSoto County, which, you know, COVID hit us, so a lot of people probably didn't get to answer the census, which pushes us probably over 200,000 people. But uh, with that being said, we can't afford to lose DeSoto County. We're surrounded, and DeSoto County is right dab in the middle. When you, when you talk about Tunica, you talk about Tate County, Marshall County, and then we talk about Memphis. And we see what happens in Memphis. It's one of the worst crime uh, cities in the country. And so, yes, it's very important that uh, uh, we get a handle on our, our crime in, the, in Memphis. And that perimeter patrol division, I want to make a presence because – if you, you're not going to be able to change these people's hearts, you know, if they're, if they're willing to commit a crime and they have the opportunity to commit a crime, they're going to commit a crime. What I want to do, I don't want them to come to DeSoto County to commit a crime because that means if they do, then that means they've either harmed one of our citizens, they've, they've harmed our property, our person. So we're going to deal with them if that happens. And when that happens, I'm not going to say that we're not because I don't want the viewers to think, well, he's not going to. No, we're going to lock them up. We're going to make sure that they get the everything that they deserve or they have coming to them, depending on the crime they commit. But the key is is to keep them from coming to DeSoto County. So that's where your presence on that perimeter comes from. If we do safety checks, and I don't, I don't know if you know this, but you know, right now, uh, state of Mississippi is leading. Uh, it's like number seven in the nation with uh, uh, trafficking, human trafficking. You know, in Lynn Fitch, I was, I was, <clears throat> I had gone to a a summit that they had uh, down at Jackson here not too very long ago, and that was one of the big topics and issues, and we're leading. We're number seven in the nation with human trafficking. So these perimeter patrol divisions that we're going to set up in these checkpoints are also going to check for that. We're going to make sure that the people who are in the cars are safe, vehicles are safe. Uh, will it be an inconvenience? Yeah, you know, maybe a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it's not. we're not here for the good citizens and the good people who are working, who are honest, who's doing uh, what they need to be doing. We're here to make sure that that element that wants to come down here and harm DeSoto County citizens, because that's who I'm working for, that we're protecting them and we're making sure that uh, that the people in the car are okay. If there's a female in the car, we're going to check them, check their IDs to make sure that they're okay and they're who they say they are. So the perimeter patrol division is huge because once they meet a presence down here, remember I said we're not going to change their hearts. We want to change their direction. Right. Because they have, and they're, I, look, I've dealt with these people forever. I dealt with the drugs. 
uh, uh, people I've dealt with, uh, homicides, criminals. I've dealt with the people I've talked with them uh, and their minds and their hearts. And, you know, if they're not raised to have morals, you can't expect them to have morals all of a sudden. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's deputy sheriffs everywhere. I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to rob anybody else. I'm not going to harm anybody else. I'm not going to do anything else. I'm going to straighten up. Well, you know, that's not how it works. You know, no. so the key is, is we have to make sure that we protect our people down here and uh, and turn them and let Memphis worry about Memphis. You know, it, it costs a lot. You know how big a, your facility, your jail is in DeSoto County? This isn't Mayberry anymore. you got a 550-bed facility in DeSoto County right here in Hernando. And I check every day. There's 457 in there today. And uh, that's that's huge. you got 457. And it's the sheriff's responsibility to make sure that those people are taken care of. You know, but think about how big that is. Uh, we looked at the options as a board. You know, if it gets past capacity of 550, uh, do we build another jail? You know, to build another jail right now, we've even entertained that option. That's another $25 million plus, you know, depending on when we have to build it uh, to the taxpayers of this county. You wow. know, and I'm going to say this, probably a third or more of the ones locked up in Soda County Jail, because I looked that up also. Memphis, you know, so we don't need to be paying for Memphis's crime and Memphis's problem. Now, Memphis needs help. I'm not saying we're going to shun Memphis, not we're not going to work with Memphis, but you know, Memphis is going to have to get a handle on what they're doing, just like DeSoto County is going to have to get a handle on what we're doing, just like Tunica County is going to have to get a handle. This is not the new normal. You know, you tell me why in DeSoto County schools, do you know how many schools we have in DeSoto County? I do. <laughs> 42, I know, right? <laughs> and that, but most of your viewers don't. I mean, you know, you have 42 schools, and that doesn't include your private schools. Well, let me ask you this one then. Do you know how many uh, students you have in the Soda County schools? A lot. Roughly. There you go. <laughs> A little over 35,000. So, uh, you know, and, and we just, I know you probably saw it, we just passed an ordinance because the board could pass an ordinance to kind of help, you know, keep these out-of-state and these out-of-county kids from coming into our school system, which hurts the taxpayers, you know, uh, of DeSoto County. And I know they're working on that right now. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you can get a fine of $500 and or up to six months in jail if you allow someone to use your address to come to the schools illegally or if you falsify documents to come to schools illegally. So, you know, we're doing everything we can at this point and that that went through the board of supervisors and we voted on it unanimously and that was with the uh, coriel and the school board coming and saying hey you guys can do this you guys can help us do y'all have a problem with this and it was like well heck no we don't have a problem with this we're, we're all on board and, and you just let us know what we need to do and we'll do it and we did it so uh there's a lot of things that we're doing already in desota county as a board as a school board but uh we we there's a lot more we need to do you know, you, there's Mike. still a lot more we need to do on safeguarding our schools and our children, our teachers, and our faculty. I got you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, let me ask this one last question, and it's just like any good salesman or anything else and, and like yes. that. Why should the voter go and mark your name when it comes to election time? What, what What's that key thing you want to make sure that person hears today? Well, and I said that earlier, you know, uh, I'm uniquely qualified. I think this is the first time in the history of DeSoto County that you've had a uh, a person running for the, the sheriff's department, uh, the top law enforcement. Uh, I have been there. I've worked my way up. I've done everything that you can do in the sheriff's department. I can leave right now and run that sheriff's department and run that jail, which, by the way, you always have to remember, that's a huge business. That jail's a huge business. But my last nine years as a county supervisor, uh, knowing the budget, uh, knowing the day-to-day -day operation, knowing, knowing what it takes, uh, I'm uniquely qualified. Uh, you know, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to be nice when I say this, and please don't take it wrong, and I'm not trying to uh, throw anybody under the bus, but there's every types of law enforcement. You have game wardens, and I know you know what that is, and I've actually gone to the academy with a few of them. You have uh, DOT. Are you familiar with the DOT, Department of Transportation? It's those guys that pull you over and check the 18-wheelers and put yeah, them on the scales. You see well, their vehicles all the time. On the yeah, those, those are law enforcement. Went to the academy with some of those guys. Uh, you have police officers, they're law enforcement. 
you have highway patrolmen, you have state troopers, those are law enforcement, you have sheriff's department, deputy sheriffs, those are law enforcement. Are they all very important? Uh, they pay, play a very important role in law enforcement? Absolutely. Are they different law enforcement? Absolutely. They're absolutely different. They have different roles of what they are responsible for. I've been with the sheriff's department. I've done the sheriff's department work. I've worked homicides in this county. I've worked narcotics in this county. I've worked at jail. And I know the business of the sheriff's department. So that's the reason why when you go in there on August the 8th, you know, I'm asking for everyone who's listening to please vote Michael Lee for your next sheriff so to protect and serve the citizens of this county. I want them to be able to go to bed at night and lay their heads on their pillows and know that they've got law enforcement out here protecting them. And I want to be able to go to work every day and enjoy their life and know that their homes and their property is protected when they do that. So Mike, there you go. That's, that's awesome, man. I really appreciate that. Mike, I, I can't thank you enough for joining the podcast. I know that was a big ask of you. Uh, I know my listeners will be very appreciative to hear your, your message and your points there. And uh, I learned a lot today, which means I think a lot of our listeners will learn a lot. And so I can't uh, I can't thank you enough. It, it means a lot from us from the podcast. And uh, I look forward to maybe trying to get you on the podcast again uh, down the road. Uh, maybe we can talk about, you know, if things go your way, uh, we could talk about some of those initiatives, how things are going, maybe some of those school programs as somebody who works in the schools i'm excited to hear about that and uh, i think it'll be great for the future so but again thank you for your time and until next time absolutely and thank you for having me and i look forward to talking with you soon Hey guys and gals, listeners, I'm pretty excited. I got another special guest on the podcast, Mr. Thomas Tuggle, another one of our fine representatives of our county who is running for sheriff. Mr. Tuggle, how are we doing today? Hey, sir, we're doing great, and thank you so much for the opportunity. Man, no problem. I, I just I'm really blessed here at the podcast to say that you know you agreed to join. I think it was fate or divine intervention, as we talked before, that we ran into each other. Happened to go into the same dentist office, and I told myself and a lot of listeners who have been asking to get you on the show that I'll try to reach out to you. And uh, and sure enough, by the time I get ready to do it, you walk through the door right in front of me. Uh, and it was a great <laughs> handshake, a great introduction. Uh, I can tell you right now, it was very warming and very cordial, and uh, I felt welcome talking to you and uh, I appreciate that and it was uh, even better that you agreed to join the podcast on short notice and so I, I think it's uh, like I said it's just fantastic and I just can't wait to ask some of these questions to let the listeners know who have been asking about you and Mike uh, you know about so many things when it comes to the sheriff race which is such a big deal here in DeSoto County and so uh, man if you don't mind I don't want to quit rambling I just want to get right into who you are so these listeners can learn more about you and make a you know make the best decision they can for who they want to vote for on August 8th and so so first thing I want to get into is, of course, everybody wants to know who is Thomas Tuggle? Who is, what is the background? What is the qualifications? What, what, what are we looking at? Okay. Well, thanks again. I appreciate that. I'm a lifelong resident of DeSoto County. I've, I am uh, 53 years old and I've lived in this county for 49 years. Uh, the four years that are missing were spent serving my country overseas. My wife and I started first grade together. We were baptized together here. We were Mr. and Ms. Hernando High School in 1987. She was president of the student council. I was captain of the football team. Uh, we had one daughter. We have one daughter, Courtney, uh, who's a licensed social worker at Methodist University downtown. Uh, but it was uh, it was the words of President Reagan that inspired me uh, to serve my country. At 17 years of age, uh, I was earning the title United States Marine, and I graduated with honors and was instantly promoted. Uh, at 19 years of age, I had already received three promotions, and I was standing on top of Mount Fuji in Japan. And at 21 years of age, I was leading a group of Marines conducting combat operations in the Middle East. Uh, it was that operation that changed my life. You know, with God's protection and guidance, I was able to bring all my Marines home. And uh, I fulfilled a promise I made to God, and I left the Marine Corps with the Combat Action Ribbon, the Navy Achievement Medal with the Gold Star, and four promotions in less than uh, four years. And uh, it was leaving the Marine Corps when my law enforcement career started. And uh, my law enforcement career started in 1992 and spans 30 years, 30 consecutive years. Wow. Um, yes, sir. I started as a patrolman in Hernando and retired as the senior ranking lieutenant colonel on the Mississippi Highway Patrol and the director of the largest law enforcement training academy in the state. Uh, and one other uh, 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 addition to that is I've had the opportunity to train over 10,000 police officers in this uh, uh police officers and county deputies in this state and another 5,000 law enforcement officers uh, nationwide. So I have led people and managed projects at the highest level of state government. 
Wow, that's a that's quite a list. And uh, first, let me say this: thank you for your service. That means a lot, especially from myself and my listeners. That is a that's a huge qualification to my in my opinion. And uh, again, really, thank you for your service for that. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, Mr. Tuggle. Um, what would you consider your motivation for seeking this position? Uh, the threats. I was. Uh, it was brought to my attention that you know I had already retired, and it was brought to my attention by several law enforcement executives in this county, uh, and uh, they were saying, "Hey, man, we need your resources. Uh, really consider uh, jumping in the sheriff race." And uh, I talked with them and got a chance to talk to the sheriff, and uh, I heard the concerns and I saw the uh, the threats that are facing this county, and it would be very selfish of me. Uh, to have the resources to combat uh, the biggest threat that's facing this county, and that is violent crime. I uh, have those resources and not share them with the county. So uh, I talked to my wife about it. We prayed about it, and she said, uh, well, what's your thoughts? I said, well, uh, we can jump in this race, and uh, I can lose this race, or we can lose this race, and I can go back to doing exactly what I said I wasn't going to do, and that is sit at home and do some honeydews for you. I said, but um, we can jump in this race and we can win this race and I can add four more years of stress to our life. I said, but for the citizens of DeSoto County, I'm willing to uh, take that stress. So uh, I'm in this race to fight the challenges that are facing this county. Um, and, and we have the resources, the experience, the knowledge. Uh, but most importantly, I have the courage uh, to do that. I think my time in combat has prepared me for this war with the criminal element. I understand that. All right. Now, you mentioned Sheriff Rasco and other important people here and so on. And, of course, no, everybody had to turn a blind eye to notice that you have signs that say endorsed by Sheriff Rasco. Uh, how did you uh, – how would you come to that – manage that you know, scenario? Uh, I've trained most of his people. Uh, Sheriff Rasco has entrusted me to train uh, uh, pretty much while he's in office every deputy that he hired that was uncertified. So he saw the product that we were returning. Uh, we built faith and confidence in him. He, we, we've known each other for over 20 years. Uh, but when he asked, he said, Thomas, I'm not running again. Uh, you, would you really consider it? And I immediately told him no. And um, I said, I can find you somebody. And he said, uh, but no, the county needs you. And then when he outlined the threats that are facing this county, and he's seen them uh, firsthand, uh, it was a no-brainer. I said, Sheriff, I said, I've talked with some people, and, and, and what you have uh, outlined, uh, I have the resources to, to address those issues. And uh, he and I have been friends ever since, and uh, he's a big, big supporter of mine, he, and, and I am so grateful to have his endorsement. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's get to the nit and gritty here. What are the biggest issues facing DeSoto County, in your opinion? The biggest issue is, is, and this is uh, uh, the majority, coming from the majority of people in this county, is uh, uh, violent crime. Uh, not only violent crime that's coming from Memphis, but violent crime that's on our western flank, which is uh, coming up from Clarksdale and Greenville. And that's more gang activity and drug activity, uh, more so than the violent crime. But that is the biggest threat that's facing our county. And uh, second threat is uh, uh, child trafficking, child sex crimes. And uh, I have experience in dealing with both of those uh, those threats. Um, how we're going to do the deal the issue with violent crime is uh, we're going to be extremely visible. We will make the criminal element very uncomfortable, and uh, they will find another place more comfortable. Uh, we will work with our legislators and judges to close loophole the loopholes uh, that are in juvenile law. Uh, we've all know, and some people don't know, you can't arrest juveniles; you can only detain them. And uh, the criminal element has figured that out. So they're recruiting these juveniles to commit these crimes. Uh, so we've got to close loopholes in, in that law to address, uh, address the, uh, the issues that are being, these crimes that are being committed with juveniles. But uh, one of the things we also have to do, sir, we have to shut down any perception of a revolving door. If you do a crime or commit a crime in DeSoto County, you will do the time in DeSoto County. That's the bottom line. Uh, and if we're successful in sending that message to the criminal elements, the next time the criminal elements, the next time a group of criminals plan to come here, someone in that group is going to suggest going elsewhere because we we, have been, we will have been so successful uh, in making them uncomfortable and also holding them accountable. I understand. That is, a, that, that is on point right there. Well, let me ask you this question because like anything, anyone can bring a problem or highlight a problem, but it's coming down to the solutions for the problem. And so if you were a person – you know, has just been elected sheriff. What are the things you're going to bring to the table to combat these specific issues or something you want to put in there initially to show that you're making a significant change? 
The biggest thing is work with all our executives in the county. Once we combine our forces and our resources together uh, and send a, send a message that we're unified in DeSoto County, uh, that in itself would be a deterrent. But the other thing is, is uh, my 30 years of experience, my 30 years of uh, law enforcement, I have acquired resources that nobody else in the country has. I've got commitments from tech companies that are willing to uh, uh, work with us on bringing some of the latest uh, high-tech equipment here to help our deputies not only uh, be proactive when it comes to fighting crime, but also uh, identify uh, the violators more uh, quickly. So instead of taking six, seven, eight months to solve a crime, we can start uh, having some of these crimes solved within 15 minutes. Uh, that's the technology that I have acquired over 30 years of in this profession. So uh, we will see that, and I think the public, uh, the citizens of DeSoto County would notice that uh, within uh, a short few months of us taking office. Awesome. Well, let me ask you this. You know, everybody moves to DeSoto County because they hear about great schools, uh, great campuses, and a place for to raise their family. What, did, what is your opinion on even the Sheriff's Department being a part of the schools? Now, given, I understand the Sheriff's Department is already infused in the school system, um, but would you want to expand on that more? Yes, sir, I will. I mean, that's, that is number two on my list, uh, uh, is to protect our school. Uh, we have to change the mindset of today's youth. That's the first start. Or you can, uh, we can continue to, to pull uh, these youth that are committing crimes. We can continue to pull them out of the, the river, but it's sometimes we've got to go upstream and find out where they're falling in. And uh, we have identified that. Um, and I say we, um, and when I talk that, I like to use uh, plural pronouns. Um, bring back respect to our nation flag. We've got to do that. If we can get our uh, the next generation being happy and, and excited about being Americans, that means that they're a part of something and they would think twice about trying to destroy it. So if we can bring back respect to our nation flags, that's half the fight itself. Recite the national anthem instead of sexually provocative and violent music. Um, you know, with today's age and listen to music and TikTok and some of the social media outlets, uh, the, the type of stuff that these kids are exposed to is is uh, is, is deteriorating uh, their thought process and also their ability to communicate. So we need to relook at uh, pushing, uh, being patriotic uh, to the next generation. Uh, I believe in starting a day off with a prayer and a pledge of allegiance. It worked with my generation. I know it can work for theirs. Uh, but the most important thing that we have to do is, is uh, do this. The most important and effective tool, crime-fighting tool we have available as law enforcement officers is public trust. We must start building that trust with our children. And uh, my plan is, um, you know, we're going to look at ways to, to uh, uh, I guess you can say, keep the, the, the burden off taxpayers. Uh, and uh, there are funds and grants out there where we can hire more police officers. I would love to put two to three police officers in every grade uh, a school starting with the third grade and going all the way into their freshman year in school. Now, these officers that are assigned to the third grade, when these kids move to the third grade, the fourth grade, these officers go with these kids. These officers stay with the same set of kids all the way into their freshman year in high school. And then they rotate back down and pick up another group of third graders and walk them through. You're going to get structure. You're going to have an opportunity for these officers to instill uh, patriotism in, 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 in these students. But most importantly, these officers will get to know these kids. And these kids will be able to trust these officers. So if someone uh, tries to introduce them to drugs or or, or uh, pull them into a gang, these officers will have that, these kids will have that trust with these officers and uh, will have the courage to let them know. And, uh, and these officers will be able to look at these kids. If, if this officer has been um, watching Charles from the third grade and around the seventh grade, he noticed Charles is having some behavior issues. Well, that officer can intervene and find out what's going on in Charles' life to make sure he doesn't turn to a life of crime. The number one, one of the, the, the biggest uh, reason for this is uh, our teachers need to be able to do their job in a distraction-free environment. And I think by having uh, these officers, additional officers signed to each grade uh, is a step. But I'm going to go one step further on this, and, uh, and we can shorten this answer a little later, but uh, these officers will wear uh, sports jackets, dress shirts, and slacks. Then we're going to tone down that intimidation factor about the bulletproof vest, the gun belts, and all, so these kids will feel more comfortable approaching these officers. And uh, we will advertise that. We will say the Soda County's got plainclothes officers spread out through the entire school system. So if someone wants to try to come to the Soda County to create, or, or in other words, uh, have an active shooter event, uh, they're going to think twice because they're going to say, well, you know, they got officers spread out through the school and plain clothes. We have no idea where they are. So uh, that would be a deterrent to anybody who wants to come to our schools and, and, and commit an active shooter uh, event. That's awesome. That's a, that's a cool idea. And that's, I believe as a person who works in the school, I can say 
that uh, recognizing an officer and, you know, and changing it to where you can be on the same level of communication and feel comfortable talking to that person, how you dress and different things can make a difference, especially in your younger groups, for sure. Um, and so and then it change your respect level in the older group. So I, I can definitely see that. And that's a unique idea. Um, yes, sir. Mr. Tuggle, you know, like anything. You know, August 8th is around the corner and you have done some great information here, but you know, I always like to give everybody an opportunity to, Hey, what is the reason when a person goes from that voter booth, they should mark your name? What if you had your last stitch effort to sit there and shake the hand of a voter, what are you telling that voter why you should vote for me? I tell them this, I'm Thomas Tuggle. I want to put 30 years of experience to work in DeSoto County. I want to put 30 years of experience to work in keeping you safe. Uh, that's what I, uh, I will tell that person walking that boat booth. I'm focused on three verbs, securing our way of life, protecting our way of life, and shaping the next generation to preserve our way of life. That's awesome. Awesome. I think a lot of people appreciate, especially that last one. Uh, you know, I think, uh, like I said, people move here, families want to live here, and, you know, feeling safe and secure is great, but also knowing that you're shaping the future is another good thing. So I think that's an awesome answer, and I really appreciate your time. I really thank you for all uh, all the information you provided our listeners. I know they're going to be very ecstatic to hear it, and I think that's going to help them make a educated and, uh, you know, a good decision about who they want to vote for on August 8th, and I wish you luck on that election. Mr. Tuggle. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, sir. On August 8th, uh, I would like for everybody to go out and vote for Thomas Tuggle. God bless you, sir, and God bless this beautiful country. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you. Well, after hearing that and trying not to sound like a, a, I'm someone riding on a fence, anyone that's listening to this, they're going to have a hard decision to make. I, I mean, agree, both man. Of, both of these guys are experienced. They, they've been in law enforcement a long time. Uh, they sound like that they have a good plan in place of, of things that they want to do. So, uh, you know, for all I know, it may come down to a popularity contest, but both of them seem very well qualified. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really going to come down to just what's your, it's just like, what's your favorite flavor of beer? What's your favorite flavor of this? It's just, you know, hey, this guy says a little bit more I like this way, or this guy has a certain look I like, or this guy has a better website, or whatever. I think it's it's going to be a mixed emotions and mixed qualifications of what people value, but uh, I think both guys are uh, great candidates. And like I said before, I think after listening to both of them and meeting both of them, I think we're in good hands either way, and I Absolutely. wish both gentlemen good luck on august 8th um that'll be a big uh, big time election and um uh, i'm excited to see the turnout and uh, both gentlemen were very courteous when we got off the recording they both said they would love to get back on the podcast and thank the listeners uh win lose or draw whatever you want to call it and uh and both want to use both want to use the podcast a way of disseminating information if they continue right. on as sheriff i so this is another example where we're able to reach our community leaders and help our citizens and keep this podcast in a positive direction and, and so we're excited about the future with these gentlemen and looking for the results so it's, it's a great thing but guys it's a it's been a heck of an episode i really appreciate you listening uh i really appreciate the, this podcast is being used in this manner and we're able to help you out and so uh, like i said tell your friends family your co-workers so they can get a listen as well share it on social media we would really appreciate it but other than that we're going to call it for this week uh, this is Pod, and I'm Zach it's T and we'll see y'all next week so hungry can we please go eat it's time to decide what do you want to eat Chick-fil-A Closed because it's Sunday Chipotle had a burrito yesterday How about steak? I already know what you'll say That's not what you want today Now I can see that if I want to eat I'm gonna have to leave you behind Yeah No matter where I go just want you to know I hope you make up your mind I am I'm telling you Too hungry I'm gonna go eat without me Goodbye, 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 goodbye